We come to this place for horror. We come to this podcast to jump, to scream, to scare, because we need that. All of us, that heart-stopping feeling when the lights begin to dim, and we go somewhere we probably shouldn't. Not just frightened, but somehow reanimated together. Terrifying images on a huge silver screen. Sound that makes my blood curl. Somehow, nightmares feel good in a place like this. Our monsters threaten the best part of us. And stories feel creepy and sinister. Because here... <laughs> they are... It's showtime. If you want me again, I'll cut you like a fish. Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. Why could I ignore it? Why could I help you to The air is so The Welcome to another episode of In a Place Like This. I'm Chris Michael Smith, joined today by Izzy Ruiz. Hello, hello, I'm Izzy. Before we begin, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, Well, I am 26 years old. I love movies. I watch a lot of movies. There are a lot of movies I haven't seen that I would say are classics, but there are a lot that I have. I've loved movies since I was a little kid. Scary movies are actually something I got into later in life, uh, really later in life. I grew up being really scared of them, so... I'm a newer horror fan, like, I'd say probably from the age of, like, 17 to now, so... But I love horror. It's just, gore is the one thing that sometimes can be a little much, but... Other than that, I love every horror movie, pretty much. I just... I love the campy ones, I love the scary ones, paranormal, all of it. Same. Pretty much same. Uh, I'm going to ask one of the hardest questions ever. Uh, what is your favorite movie? Okay. Uh, this is a hard one. I mean, so a movie I always go back to that I can watch all the time, pretty much any time of the year, and I quote constantly throughout the year. It's not a scary movie. Uh, when I was little, I was a little scared of it, I will say, um, but it's very nostalgic to me. It's The Grinch, uh, the Jim Carrey one, of course. Um, I don't know. It's just something about how campy it is, and it's just nostalgic to me, and I just I just love how grand it is, even watching it now, you know? That's a movie. I'd probably say that's up there in my top three. The Grinch. I have a very uh, interesting relationship with The Grinch. Um, so I used to work retail, um, Little uh, little old store called Circuit City. Um, oh my god! Throwback. I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> uh, I, during I the holidays, I... that would be the movie that we would play like on our display screens. That and Polar Express. It was between those two, and I it it got old real quick. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> I had to relearn to like the movie after i love it now i put it on every holiday season it's one of my favorite christmas movies but at the time it was like oh my god i cannot handle any more of this jim carrey doing jim carrey things i don't know he's just so good like i just he's such a great character actor. yeah like just watching i watched like ace ventura a month ago again with my mom and i was just like this is so funny yeah he, the scene with the rhino oh my god 
that mid mid 90s early 2000s that was like he was like the it comedian yeah again with the grinch i love it now like right now it's one of my favorite christmas movies it just took me a while to get get around to it <laughs> um i think it's also probably my mom's favorite uh, movie in general probably and i'm telling you we quote it around my house constantly like we always say we call each other martha may we say bye bye Santa all the time. We quote fires of love. I mean, all that. Like, we we love it. Uh, before we begin our scary movie uh, segment, is there anything else you want to briefly geek out about? I don't know. Um, well, when I was watching this movie, I was just like, uh, sorry, because I, I actually recently. I when did I watch it? I watched it like two nights ago when I took these notes, and I just gotta say, like, this movie. Is amazing. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm spoiling we're, it. We're getting, right? we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. But okay. before before we sorry. jump okay. in, I, we, I do need to ask the question. It is the prompt for today's episode. What's your favorite scary movie? Right. <laughs> Alien 1979. Final report of the commercial starship Nostromo. Mother's interrupted the course of our journey. Open the hatch. Wait a minute. If we let it in, the ship could be infected. You know the quarantine procedure. 24 hours for decontamination. There's got to be a way of killing it. How How do we do it? It's structural. Perfection is matched. Any lives has to let You are I can't lie to you about your chances, but you have my sympathies. And yeah, I just love this movie. I probably watched this movie, I don't know, like 20 times. Yeah, I'd say since I've gotten into scary movies, and I'd say probably that's like the most, this one, and Scream, I'm wearing a Scream shirt. Um, Scream is probably my second. I just didn't want to be so generic, you know, and say Scream was my favorite scary movie. Um, But Alien and Scream, they're pretty special to me because they were actually some of the first scary movies I watched um, when I was trying to get into them. And I don't know, I just, rewatching Alien, it just holds up. Like, the the practical effects and everything, the sets are amazing. I was watching it again two days ago, and I was just like, this is amazing. I yeah. don't know, you I mean, you were watching it, you said. I just put recently. it on today because I wanted it to be fresh in my mind for the episode. And yeah, like you said, it still holds up. It is like the perfect not just horror movie, not just sci-fi, just the, a perfect movie in every way. Like, it is so I good. So. I think so, too. I was like, this came out, like, two years after Star Wars, because I was like, what is the timeline here? Yeah. Because I was like, these effects are amazing compared to Star Wars. I mean, Star Wars has pretty good ones, too, but I don't know. I was watching the ship scenes and all this. Like, it was crazy. It's like, yeah. this looks great. And... Like, I was, I've been excited to do this episode because, like, two previous guests have named it as their favorite movie of all okay. time. Uh, it came up in our Dune episode. It came up in our horror comedy episode. And, like, it's been a consistent, like, theme that Alien has been, like, a favorite of so many of our guests. So it, it's I, exciting that I finally get to talk about it. I think... You know, rewatching it too, I think it's also I don't know, you feel really connected to Ripley. Yes. And you feel connected to the the crew. Because it's at first so I don't want to spoil anything, but I've seen I mean, it's like pretty a well, I've seen the prequels, movie. you know? 
I've seen the prequels, but you think about it at the beginning. So to break it down for everybody, basically when everything's happening, they're basically taking orders from Ash, which is the head of the science division, right? And the big plot twist is, you know, Ash is a robot and the corporation basically has assigned him to just lead the mission and they just have to blindly follow because they're almost like blue collar workers. They just take orders. They're like these truckers, you know, these space truckers. They're just doing their job and Ripley and Dallas too, uh, the captain, start to question it. Yeah. And, you know, I was like, oh, wow. It's it's an incredible, like, because a couple, a few years ago with everything, um, everything that happened with like COVID and all that stuff, it came up again that Alien became somehow even more relevant because like the smartest person in the room is like making the right decision and everyone around her is ignoring it. Mm-hmm. Like if they had just listened to Ripley, none of the movie would have happened. Yeah. And then <laughs> even when, you know, Ripley is the highest ranking on the ship, Ash goes against her. I mean, that whole scene when she's refusing to let them on after, you know, he's been infected. I'm sorry, I'm jumping all over the oh, place. Oh, no, that's I'm fine. Like, There's just so much to geek out about with this movie. We'll be jumping around, like, out of order. I know. Well, I mean, to start, I was like, okay, let's try to go in order. I mean, just the opening, I think the title sequence, you know, I just like how, like, it almost looks alien itself. Yeah, it's just... Like, the language. The gradual reveal, like, Mm -hmm. that was, that's got to be one of the best title card sequences ever. Up there with, uh, have you seen Evil Dead Rise yet? Yes! Oh my god! Oh my god! Not you bringing this up. I literally was like, oh, maybe like I saw that movie for the first time. Oh my god! I, you know what? I was gonna say that as my favorite scary movie. If you would have asked me that a month ago, I probably would have said it. Honestly, <sighs> that one was so good. Um, I I really liked it. Like I I mean, at the moment, you know. But the title card, the opening title card, was so good. It was I, like... I remember I forced my family to watch it because <laughs> I was like, you guys are gonna like. And they were all just like, whatever. But yeah. Oh my god, I'm glad. It was set, that's such a good title card. But yes, Alien is up there with it. Yeah. Like yeah. you said, 1979, directed by Ridley Scott. So when when we discussed like what your favorite scary movie was before, uh, you mentioned you, you weren't sure if it entirely counted, right? Because it was like sci-fi horror. Yeah, I guess. I don't know why in my head I was just thinking sci-fi was, you know, mostly. <laughs> I guess this would be, yes, this is sci-fi horror, though, you know, now that I've watched it, like, I told you, I was like, when you asked me about it, I was actually just watching it the week before, so. Uh, I've been watching it quite a bit. I was having, like, a binge of the whole, you know, timeline. It is an interesting conversation, too, especially since, like, later entries in the series become more action-oriented than horror. Like, Aliens is, like, full-blown action Mm-hmm. Uh, with some horror elements in it, but this one is just full on like atmospheric, chilling, uh, claustrophobic. Uh, it's basically a slasher movie in space. Um, yeah. And the tagline was "In space, no one can hear you scream." Iconic. Yeah, and like the genre mashup. I know that no doubt in my mind. This one's like totally a horror movie. Yeah, no, you're right. When you compare it to the second one, I mean, the second one's like a action thriller adventure almost for Ripley you know but this one is like horror you have the music you have just the darkness you know constantly there are scenes actually where you know you can see the alien 
just hiding in the background, like the practical effect of oh, the alien. My favorite reveal is the one at the end when she's in yeah. the escape the escape pod and she's just using the computer and then what you think is just part of the background of the ship just yeah. moves and it's the actual alien. I was like, oh my God, how did they do that? Yeah, oh my God. And speaking of, you know, blending into the background, the whole set design with the, you know, when they're on the alien ship. Yes. How it looks so similar to the Xenomorph's design. Basically, it's like, it slowly infects everything, but it's like a mutation. I don't know. It's very like mechanical, but bio, right? Yeah. Like, like a, a living organism, you know, but it's, it's mechanical almost. Yeah, I don't know. But... The whole ship design and everything is amazing. I mean, talking about the set, the huge reveal with the captain in the chair. I don't know if you noticed that scene, the skeleton in the chair. Oh, yeah. it was so good. Like that whole room and everything. That actually calls back because in the Dune episode that I did, it was like the second yeah. episode we did for the podcast. Uh, I watched Jodorowsky's Dune, the documentary about the one that never happened. And mm -hmm. it did bring together uh, the writers from this movie with uh, artist H.R. Geiger. And uh, I, I can nev I'm never sure about the pronunciation of this guy's name. Mabius? Mobius? It's funny how after that movie fell through, they almost immediately went and got started to work on this one. And a lot of the concept art that showed up that was going to be in that Dune movie showed up in this movie. And a lot of future projects way, way after. Also, you know, I was reading about it. Uh, it has a lot to do with, I don't know if this is a little a bit of a trigger warning, but like sexual assault on a male, at least because the, the man is the first one that gets infected. And yeah. he says at one point, I don't know if you picked this up after he comes out of his little coma of, of the face hugger coming off of him. Uh, what's his name? Kane. He says he has uh, these visions of a womb and like, fertilization when he comes out of his coma um and basically i don't know that's whole linking to the idea of this male giving birth you know yeah which is a which twist kind on of what happens the sexual assault, you know <laughs> the the infamous chest burster scene which um from what i've read it seemed like the rest of the cast did not know that was going to happen or at least that it wasn't that it wasn't going to look like that so, like, the shock of everyone on that scene is apparently very real. An interesting tidbit of information I found out about that, though, is that the design for the actual chestburster alien came from a triptych by Francis Bacon called uh, Three Studies for Figures at the Base of a Crucifixion. Um, I'll actually go ahead and... I'm going to go ahead and send you... Um, Oh, let me see. The uh, text, the, the visuals, photo visuals. of that. Okay. Beyonce needs to be dropping visuals. There we go. And I, I'm actually okay. going to be posting this on the show notes as well so that uh, so that those at home could look at it themselves. I looked at it. If you look at the third portion of that, mm -hmm. that looks almost just like the chest burster. It does. It does. It's, yeah. it's the but idea it behind away. it is to throw a howling grotesque like grotesque beast feature on a human face and what more horrifying thing could you think of to put on a baby alien oh my god i know that scene where it runs away it's oh my so god. it looks like a I, I have always thought it looked like a pokemon to me it was so funny like a little dragonair or something yeah i mean they're um, working with the practical effects and puppetry and stuff like that it's like uh, some of it might look a little little funny dated. today but for the most part, 
Uh, if that was the only scene that looked like that, that's still very impressive. Pretty good. I mean, going back to the whole, you know, egg design and everything, I don't know if you noticed, something I picked up on, like, which was, like, one of my last rewatches, I've never noticed the whole fog that activates, basically, the eggs. Did you notice that? I mean, have you noticed that? Yeah. So, basically, he triggers it by falling into the mist, which basically triggers the eggs to... It's like they're maybe like motion or heat activated or something. I never noticed the mist though. I always thought it was just their flashlights. I don't know why. I thought that was really interesting. I mean, he mentions it, but I just never picked up on it, which I thought was pretty cool. And then I read about it. Apparently they went over to the set next door during that scene. A band was filming, uh, was practicing for a concert and they borrowed their laser light for that. Yep. Yeah, I read about that. I was like, after the re- seeing the whole Miz, I looked it up. I was like, that's that's funny. Uh, there was a lot of influence from like 50s sci-fi horror, fiction, comics, uh, the thing from another world. And like, um, because Jaws came out a few years later, that was used as part of the pitch. This is Jaws in space. Which, I mean, going to the, the score, I think the score is just as good as Jaws. The score in the beginning is so good. I don't know if you, like, it's like seven minutes without dialogue in the yeah. beginning, the opening. It's crazy. The great Jerry Goldsmith. Yeah, a great score throughout the whole movie. Amazing. I loved it. Like, this and Aliens, both of those have, like, are tremendous with their music. So the version I saw originally was the 2003 director's cut. It was, like, right Mm -hmm. after I'd, like, just got out of high school. The movie was playing in theaters. Like, it was a re-release. They were advertising it for, like, the DVD uh, four-movie pack. Um, Ridley Scott has like this history with director's cuts where if it's one of his movies you want to see the director's cut always in the case of Alien um, Ridley Scott basically got to make the movie he wanted to make originally so this director's cut is more of a marketing tool for the new version he did oversee the cut so it's still his version but he he went on record as saying he preferred the original theatrical version which is rare because Every other, like yeah. you have Blade Runner, King of Heaven, yeah. You want to get his Undercut. version. Yeah. <laughs> Ridley's version. Okay, okay. I, I, had a, I mean, I, I had read about that too as well. But and like, I just, today I'm was sorry, the don't... first time I watched the original 1979 cut. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? I can see it. This one. Really? Yeah. They're both I good. Think, They're I, both amazing. I think... I think I've only seen the director's cut like once because this is the one that Hulu has at least. Um, So, I mean, I've always watched it on here. Either this one or HBO. It used to be on HBO for the longest. But, I mean, another great scene. I mean, I don't know if we're allowed to talk about spoilers here. Yeah, 45-year-old movie. I'm sure they're fine. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. Well, I mean, this is technically spoilers for, I mean, Alien Covenant. I mean, you know the whole timeline, right? Yeah. Honestly, it's still been long enough. I think we've passed that threshold. Uh, For those who really care, yes, there's going to be spoilers ahead (laughs) for the franchise ones, but... Well, I mean, I think, you know, the big reveal here, we talk about um, Ash being the robot, right? So then you think about it. I mean, he says in the movie, um, the xenomorph is beautiful. It's design. It's perfect. So I guess you get the idea that he's kind of almost looks up to it. But then, I mean, when I was watching it initially, I always thought it was the, the corporation, you know? But then after watching Alien Covenant, you realize... It's actually David, right? Yeah. And Mother. It's actually the AI evolving, which, I mean, is pretty relevant. Yeah. Yeah. 
kind of scary in a way. Today. <laughs> yeah. So I always, I always thought that was so interesting. And I, I like the idea of David creating the xenomorphs from that original species that he had mixed with humans. So I just, I love the xenomorph design. I mean, I'm a huge Lady Gaga fan. I just love, <laughs> you know, seeing which, uh, I mean, the artwork you talked about, um, Geiger, right? Yeah. His and artwork uh, inspired the xenomorphs. Yeah. I mean, I was and looking like, through all the artwork. It's so good. All, a lot of that even shows up even in Prometheus, the prequel mm-hmm. prequel. God, that movie, so. like, like watching it earlier today, just watching how well each shot is framed, the lighting, uh, the yeah. fact that you don't see the alien until, like, the very end. At least yeah, not I know. clearly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, like, you only see it, like, three times throughout the whole film. I mean, the scene where Dallas dies in the vent. Yeah. Uh, you see reach out towards him. It's just like black. That's all you see, and then I believe the first, uh, the one that was chasing the cat. Jones, anyway, Jonesy. um, <laughs> you you see it behind him for a second, and you see the the mouth coming out of its mouth, you know. But yeah, you really don't see its whole body until the end, literally, which I think is very slasher of it. You know, it's constantly just creeping in the background of everything, hiding in the shadows, okay. literally, or just blending in with the ship, which again, just that reveal at the end is like, it gets me every time, even though I know it's there. Like I'm watching because I know it's there and it's still, every time that little hand pops out, I was like, ah! <laughs> Literally. Every time, it, yeah. it, it works. Um, yeah, it has, it has the jump scares of a horror movie. Yeah. It's great. And does them so well, like the very first one when it's just the cat. <laughs> Oh, literally, yeah, no. Even with the little, the face hugger, you know, there was a couple scenes where I jumped. I mean, yeah, though where uh, I believe it jumps at Ripley when they're chasing it. Well, it comes off of what's his face, Kane's face, and it's just running around the room. It jumps at Ripley. I don't know. It's just, it's not like today's jump scares in a sense where you see it coming. It just, I like the jump scare that just goes, you know. It just keeps going. feel the tension building. It just happens. Uh, the fact that it bleeds some kind of, like, acid, too, acid. Uh, throws another element of it's not that easy to kill. That, like, they were thinking about, like, just shooting it off of his face, but, you know, that would have killed him, so. The defense mechanism, yeah. yeah. You know, the acid uh, dripping through the hole and everything, where they think it's going to rip through the hole into and space. it could actually kill all of them, too, like. I mean, that was pretty crazy, where they're literally going down the levels to chase the acid, and it finally stops. That whole movie could have ended right there. Yeah. Had it burst through the hole. So this is going back to the whole fact of, you know, we were talking about the whole thing where Ash is basically the one in charge of science on this ship. And there's a scene where they're figuring out what to do after the little xenomorph uh, runs away. And he gives them the trackers. And he basically is like, this will find the alien. And Ripley and Dallas question him. For a second it's kind of weird like in the dialogue but you notice it it's they're starting to question it's like how would he have this the science they, they because just... it's like you said they just have to listen to him he's the expert and then they find out he's a robot so yeah and then we find out that the real enemy of this movie was capitalism all along the yeah, corporation the wanted the bioweapon and was willing yeah. to sacrifice all of them to get it spoiler alert but that's basically the general idea as to why they were on that mission in the first place mm-hmm. even even showing literally. that the crew was expendable literally oh yeah. yeah where they're talking to mother in the room yeah. and she says crew expendable and then she attacks um ash right or she hits him yeah but that's not where ash loses it yeah 
uh, the one of the most chilling lines in the movie comes from Ash when he's like already been dis his head has been removed. He's got he's like spewing out the white the milk the milk. Right? Yeah, he, he constantly is drinking the milk in the scenes where they're all at the table. Yeah. And mm-hmm. just that one line when he's like, I can't lie to you about your chances, but you have my sympathy. And I'm just like, oh, that is like so cold. Mm-hmm. It's his last and it words. Just, and it just gets hopeless from there. I mean, they all start pretty much dying one by one from there. When I first saw it, I'm telling you, I didn't really like gore. When I saw the scene with Ash just, you know, blowing up, basically, I was kind of like, ugh. Because even that is, it's not gory, but it's still... I just don't like gross things. It, I don't it's know. very grotesque. It really is. Yeah, like saw. Too. I was actually having like a saw marathon a couple weeks ago. That is, that's pretty gory. That's hard for me to watch. Yeah. First saw is a great movie though. Uh, yeah, I think so too. I'm kind of interested in seeing the new one. But <laughs> getting back, I mean, after that happens, you basically have Ripley, the final girl, with the cat. So poor. The Jonesy with survives. The Jonesy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just her and the xenomorph and that little escape shuttle right or is she yeah she's in the escape shuttle right yeah mm-hmm. and it's like you think it, the, the movie lets you think it's over the movie lets you think they blew up the alien and mm-hmm. all of that stuff and then she's like she even gets her hydro sleep and wakes up and just like does her little thing goes to the computer to like look something up and lo and behold alien is with her on the escape pod mm-hmm. oh, that was it was it's such a good scene and it, like just a mixture of the way they framed it the sound mixing the the use of lucky star <laughs> like yeah oh uh, no it's so good and sigourney weaver's just so good oh i she love her in this amazing. movie this one and i mean she really shines in aliens but without her in this one it's like you don't have anybody relatable and i think that's why a lot of people like it i mean you have these relatable characters of the whole movie these blue collar workers you yeah. know just taking orders from these big corporations I'm glad the I smartest person like in the too. world. And the no room more, is of course. <laughs> the smartest character, the one who was like, hey, maybe we shouldn't let this clearly person who should be quarantined on the ship. Yeah, they need a union. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, Alien is one of the most influential horror movies of all time. At the time, it did win the Oscar for Best Visual Effects. It was nominated for production design. I actually didn't look up what won, but I'm just like, how did Alien not win for that? Because that production design design. was amazing. Uh, It launched a franchise which is still mostly going, although I haven't seen anything since Covenant. We're we're getting well. I keep up with a lot of like current movie news, and I think there's in talks to make an actual like after this because everything they made before this, I think, has been a prequel. Technically, yeah. in the timeline, you know, if you think about it, like Prometheus and Covenant uh, both happened. Like like this. a yeah, like a studio film. So like, what happens after? I guess aliens or right? alien th- resurrection or alien, alien yeah Res- yeah. It kind of like goes a little. It, it goes a little wild. At aliens, the sequel is um, very often kind of held up as an equal to this one. Some people prefer oh. it. Some people prefer this one. Um, it depends on if you want more horror or if you want more action. Aliens delivers mm-hmm. on the action. Alien 3, that one's the more controversial one. Um, no. I'm still not happy about how it starts. Because <laughs> it erases the happy ending from Aliens. Mm-hmm. Brutally. So, like, what? Like... It's like, no, they survived. They survived. <laughs> I, I'm, I shouldn't 
I feel like I should have known this before, but in doing my research for this episode, I found out that it influenced the video game Metroid. Yeah, I could see that. Oh, yeah, and the Ridley. Right, and even even the design of the levels and everything have that sort of like yeah. alien look to it. In um, Ridley, right? He's a character. For, I mean, I've never played a Metroid game, but I played Super Smash. Yeah, so I played Samus and Ridley. Sa- Samus is kind of like Ripley in a way, except wearing the suit the entire game. And there's yeah, I'm telling. There's a character in Metroid named Ridley. Yeah, it's a bad thing. It's but, one of the vil- the yeah, but still the villain, the pterodactyl looking. Uh, another interesting thing is in 2019, a high school did it as did Alien as their their play, their theater program. Uh, it was North Bergen High School in New Jersey. Ridley Scott, uh, it got Ridley Scott's attention to the point where he like uh, wrote them a letter congratulating them for uh, doing for doing the play and suggesting they do Gladiator next. Oh my God! Uh, Sigourney <laughs> Weaver actually showed up and watched it, so that's kind of cool. Little, I would have liked to have uh, seen that. A stage version of Alien put on by high schoolers. <laughs> right. And apparently okay. impressive enough that the that Ridley Scott was like, hey, <laughs> this is cool. Yes. I feel like we sort of did cover it a little bit, but if you want to like expand a little bit more, was why does Alien, a- Alien resonate with you? I think it's just the whole, you know, the idea of being taken advantage of. I just like those, you know real world takes and things also i just love horror elements you know i like jump scares i like movies that kind of have a atmosphere to them and i think alien has just a whole just like creepy space vibe the entire movie you never lose that it's always just creepy throughout the whole thing and i just i love an atmospheric film so and then i just love you know the big corporations and the horror and like I said, I got into horror a lot later than people, like when I was 17. So this was the movie that I watched. This one, Silence of the Lambs, which I don't I don't think Silence of the Lambs is horror. Thinking of it now. It has you know, elements, but, but the, it, yeah, it's it's kind of more thriller that, suspense. Like, mm-hmm, psychological thriller. But at the time, I'm telling you, I was trying to get into horror. So this, Scream, and Silence of the Lambs were like some of the first ones I saw. Yeah, this one I didn't watch until later. I had been watching horror for a while, but like this one was something that didn't hit my radar until I was like 17. And again, the the director's cut had just come out in theaters. I went to go see it and it, it it blew my mind. It was amazing. I love film. I love all things film. And just to see how like incredibly well crafted this movie was from a visual sound writing directing standpoint acting every actor was like on point it like i said it's the perfect movie and yeah. I, I i can't sing its praises enough i uh, yeah i had my friends watch it with me like two weeks ago and i just i like i like watching movies with people i don't know i just like getting their reactions and i just i love talking to them i'm the type that will talk to you throughout the movie but i'll be like wait did you get that you know i'm very that so I'm telling you, I love watching movies, and Alien is just probably one of my favorites. Probably, yeah, top three favorite movies up there, you know? Just movies in general, and I probably, yeah, I, that's why I say it's my favorite horror movie, too. And and also, like, it's one of those movies, too, where I catch something new every time I watch it, which, to me, that's, like, upper tier. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I So something I caught is when they all are waking up from their, you know, sleep in the beginning of the film, all of them start breathing if you look at their chest yeah and ash takes like a five extra seconds to start breathing the actor 
um he's not breathing because he's a robot it's like he's booting up yeah ridley scott leaves no stone unturned oh another little thing that i picked up on i don't know if you've noticed the gravity i don't know how i never noticed the water with the egg in the room the chamber with the eggs the water is dripping up the egg yeah like we don't realize how gravity works there or something but i just thought these details i was like yeah something new every time i watch it which i like and like you said like those visual effects like they still hold up today because most of them like this was before cg like they were all practical like using simple like fiberglass and uh animal parts i think the uh yeah the face hugger was like a part of a shellfish or something or like yeah or like something like it stunk so bad i read somewhere that it was making the cast vomit (laughs) at points yeah like it was real animal parts which yeah, I look crazy. Like watching the whole scene before the face hugger attacks him, like move around in the eggs. Really creepy. Yeah, yeah. Even even like three and resurrection were fun. They, I mean, they're not. They're still fun. Uh, the prequels were fun. Alien versus Predator gets into sort of okay. We were where they did like, this for money. Mid two thousands, like <laughs> literally. Uh, but for the most part, yeah. This is this is just a phenomenal movie and watching it again made me love it more so yeah i was like how long had it been since you'd watched it last oh gosh i recently not recently it's been a few years because i I did marathon the four movies but i don't remember how long ago that was so it was it was a nice treat again yeah i'm assuming i had just done aliens a couple weeks ago so i'm like i'm kind of going in reverse order this time Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so you were kind of... Okay, so you saw it. Yeah. What is your favorite scary movie? Uh, I'm just curious. Scare- oh, um, Scream. Mine is Scream. Oh, really? Yeah. See, I, I was going to say Scream or Alien. I was really torn. Honest, I do honestly, I could do an episode on Scream as well, because uh, that, that sounds like that would be a lot of fun. I, I feel like Scream has been a franchise that hasn't missed yet. I, don't, I think so, too. I, I don't think there's a bad movie. Like, what is... What would you rank the order of Scream movies? I'm just curious. Oh, Scream 1, for sure, would be at the top. Um, I have to think about it for the rest. Okay, so you, the Scream 1 is the best. That, this is one, that's one of those questions where it's like, this really depends on when you ask me and what mood I'm in. Like, if I'm uh, more in the mood for, like, a light horror, I might move Scream 3 up. Okay. I think Scream 3 is, like, at the bottom of mine. But I, I like it. They're all camp. There's a, yeah. You know, I love Scream, Scream 3 is, like, borderline reason. comedy at that point. I, I like think Jane and Silent show up in it. Like, somewhere there. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite scary movie? Um, so, I usually do a Q&A segment. Um at towards the end of each episode uh because of today's prompt i actually changed it a little bit and asked our audience what their favorite scary movie was i did one last i was curious to see what they thought or the first one that i got is from simple underscore nerdster on instagram uh his pick was the shining that's a good one Wait, what are your thoughts on The Shining? The Shining is amazing. Uh, sorry to Stephen King, who famously hated it. Um, it's such a good movie. Stanley Kubrick is one of the was one of the greatest filmmakers of all time. I think I've seen it probably like 
three times. I like it. I mean, I just like how psychological it is. Like, I don't know, science of the... See, that's where, like, what would you say is that? Is that psychological thriller? I'd say it's psychological horror? with horror because it's it's a ghost movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's the that scene where the blood comes it. out in the the hallway. Make Also, one of, the, one of my favorite the... Simpsons episodes of all time, The Shinning. Yeah. I've never not liked it. It is a little long for me, but it's good. It's good. Have you seen the sequel, Doctor Sleep? I haven't. I've meant to watch it so many times. Is it still on Max? Like... It might be. I do want to rewatch it though because I hear the director's cut is even better, and I watched the oh. theatrical cut. The next one comes from Yo A Rod. That's two O's at Instagram. Uh, his pick was The Exorcist. You know what? <laughs> I've never seen the original Exorcist. Uh, I've only seen clips of it. I've never seen it in its entirety, but I'm really excited for the sequel. So that I mean, was... the sequel, the new film. I still that. name that as one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. I think my last viewing of it a couple years ago was the first time I was able to watch it by myself the entire way through. Because beforehand, I'd have to watch it in increments. Really? Because like I'd get to a point where it, like it would like get me so freaked out, I'd have to turn off the turn off the movie and I'm like, I'm gonna come back to this later. I, I can't. I just feel like this tension and I'm just like, mm, okay. It's one of those movies that, I don't know, growing up Catholic, it almost feels cursed. Then you read about the behind the scenes stuff that happened while they were making it, all the creepy things that were happening on set. And I was like, maybe it is. See, that makes sense. I mean, I grew up Catholic, but I didn't watch it growing up. That's the thing is like, I didn't even, I, like, even though I watched it now, I feel like I wouldn't get the same. Yeah, I wouldn't have the same experience with the movie as I would growing up. Like you said, I grew up Catholic, so yeah, and, and I was a scary cat. So I did read the book too before watching the movie. The book itself is also really scary. So I, The Exorcist, is a good pick. I, I would say I'm looking forward to the new one, but again, I'm like nervous because I'm like, this is gonna be, this is gonna scare me. I'm not gonna be able to sleep. Oh my, oh my. Do you like books? I have a great sci-fi or recommendation but i mean for anybody you know if you like books uh it's called the three body problem great um i'm gonna check that it's out gonna be a net it's gonna be a netflix show apparently nice. it's really good great that like sci-fi like great horror sci-fi uh nishikari um on instagram the also picked um this movie with um krista with four a's and a k at the end the original Scream. They both picked okay. the original Scream, uh, okay. which we briefly discussed. Uh, Nishikari also picked, well, he picked the original Scream trilogy and Halloween 1 and 2. Actually, Halloween came up again. Uh, one of our other uh, listeners, oh, the Dollar Theater podcast sent that one. Okay. But yeah, that was also Halloween. Um, part of me wanted to be like kind of glib and be like, well, which version? Which version? The Rob Zombie, the remake. No, I'm pretty sure they meant the original John Carpenter Halloween. Of Halloween, yeah. Yeah. I love I the entire Halloween it. franchise, except for... Um... H2O? Is, is that oh, what H2O it's is called? one of my favorites. I love it's... H2O. It was a bad title. It was a bad title, but I love that movie. But the rest are amazing. Even I even like the Rob Zombie ones. Uh, the first two Halloweens are pretty iconic i think like i watch those at least once a year like that has to be that hocus pocus alien sometime in october like i'll find time for those usually oh yeah that one's like a standard for the season mm -hmm. for sure and scream though. and scream of course 
I was gonna say like oh the twist for people even watching today sometimes the whole twist of the killer and scream gets people today which I love even though like it's so campy it's just so good because it got me when I first watched it the whole yeah. Billy uh, Billy really and was. Stu uh, Matthew Lillard and was Stu. phenomenal just amazing in that movie to think he'd go from that to being Shaggy right another one we got was from um, friend of the show Taylor B. Uh, who was on our Skinamarink episode. I need to watch Skinamarink. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, go in knowing nothing about it other than um, Rorschach test of a movie. All I know is it's about kids. Like, it has to do with kids, which... Yeah, it's hard to... Ex- I, I've seen the movie uh, and don't know how to explain what it's about. It's very much um, what you bring into it is what you're going to get out of it. Okay. But pure art, I love it. Um, now, while we're talking about like what counts as horror and what doesn't count as horror, uh, his pick was American Psycho. A movie that I watched like two years ago, more recent. I think that that's horror, psychological. In a bit of a thriller? satirical way, too. Yeah, it's Is kind it of... satire overall, then? It's kind of like, because he's this like big wall street broker but also has like no regard for human life yeah and it's kind of interesting that he that's how they portrayed him because that's kind of the vibe i get from like most billionaires most rich people like an american psycho literally i mean it's that tired america yeah i'm like if these billionaires didn't have money they'd 100 percent be serial killers (laughs) That's a great movie. I need to rewatch yeah, that. It's I've really good. It Another one that the author famously did not like, the author of the book. And Christian Bale's great in that role. I don't it's know. the star-making role for Christian Bale. Finally, our last one. Uh, I'm actually glad someone picked this one because this one's really good. Friend of the show, Shane Anderson, picked The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay, the original? The original, yeah. Okay, yes. <sighs> it's... Uh, it's good it's also you know what i like that one it's very atmospheric it's very like doom and gloom the whole time it's just like dread it's brutal it's like brutal it's hopeless it feels hopeless just like sort of alien feels scary the whole time just like this eerie 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 is a good word for alien i described the vibe eerie Texas Chainsaw Massacre is just like dread to just me. The whole feeling dread. of the movie is just like The very first uh, Leatherface's first kill in the movie is one that like really just it gets me every time because it's like it's not necessarily a jump scare. It's just one where it's a, the static camera. You see everything. You see him come out, knock him out, and then just drag him through and then slam the door shut. And it's the slamming the door shut that makes you realize wait because <laughs> it happens so fast yeah, it's and like, it's like you, you're like the the scene kind of like le- leads you in with this sort of like okay something's going to happen eventually but not here and like while you're thinking that the thing is happening in front of you and then the door slams and like jolts you and it's like wait something just happened <laughs> yeah no and it's like yeah. that that's just brilliant i love it yeah I, it's a little gory for me but it's good you know yeah, the remake's all right, but in a way, it's... the remakes just get gory and gorier. I'm like, ugh. For me, though, it feels like as fun as it was, more is less. The '70s had to do with like a lower budget. It actually ended up being way more effective. Yeah, no, I mean, I think I think it's it's a good amount of gore, and it's 
it's shocking and it, it creates the vibe, you know, just this dread. I wanna, I wanna need to rewatch that one too. I'm trying to make a list right now of like movies to watch throughout October. I'm trying to do one a day, so I'm gonna add that one to my list. Yeah. If it wasn't already on there. I, I'm, I'm but, trying to catch up on a few extra horror movies, maybe some that I haven't watched yet. Uh, the Descent, that's a good one too. Yeah, the descent's really. Good. See, I wanted to send that one to your questions. So I was like, I hope somebody asked. The descent Aww. is a great movie. I think we, we can talk about it real quick. The descent, uh, like cla- the claustrophobia in that movie, it's just like and the uh, that is like one of my worst fears. Like in a cave like that. Ugh, yeah, I've had nightmares that look like that movie. It's so good. Not only was it authentic frontier gibberish, it expressed a courage little seen in this day and age. All right, uh, I just texted you the image for our rotating segment. You decided to do wrong answers only. For those of you new to the show, the whole premise of this is we guess a movie's plot by looking only at the movie poster. This movie is kind of like picking up a cult following, but have you had a chance to see it? Miami Connection. No, but I've heard of it. So the game is... We need okay. to try to guess what this movie is about based on the poster. Okay. So no okay. IMDb, no just... So you've never seen it either? I personally have seen it, but okay. I want to see what you think the movie <laughs> okay. is about based on me. the poster. So... I, I picked know. it because Do this I poster did... is also kind of wild and I love it. I know, I'm like, I honestly thought this was, like, auto-generated for a second. I was like, <laughs> nope, I was going to ask, is this a real movie? This is a real movie that came out in... Well, I, no, but I've heard the name before once I read the name. Yeah. Like, okay, looking at the poster, um, there's Miami Connection. It looks very Miami Vice vibes. Um, I, it's giving me action movie. Oh, yeah. But, like, action movie with, like, Kung Fu, which is... I don't know, reminiscent of what, like the 80s, right? Like, literally, like in action movies, you know, things like that. Um, I'm going to say it's about a protagonist who lives in Miami, joins a biker gang, has a mistress, and um, there's a rock star involved, and the ninja with the sword is the bad guy, and then... I, I'm assuming the guy doing the air jump kick against the sword. Um, I'm assuming that's the main character also, just in a different shot. So I think it's about something to do with gangs and drugs in Miami, you know, cocaine, right? Maybe, maybe. I don't know. You know, it's very Miami. But yeah, so it's basically an action movie about somebody in a gang Cocaine is involved, he has a mistress, and for some reason, there's a rock star involved, and the bad guy's a ninja. It's actually kind of The assassin, the assassin, let's say that. So it wasn't entirely, like, 100%, but it's actually amazing how much of this you got right. (laughs) Yes, it does involve uh, drugs, and the drug in question is cocaine okay miami yeah um so the funny thing is the movie's called miami connection and only one scene actually takes place in miami and it's the very first scene and the rest of the movie takes place in orlando like in this like like they filmed it or it's set in it's set in 
<laughs> like they they show you Miami at the beginning and then they leave Miami behind and the rest of the movie takes place in Orlando. It's kind of unclear why it's called Miami Connection <laughs> other than that one scene in Miami. That's so funny. the main character in real life runs a taekwondo uh dojo. Okay. Um in the movie he does as well, but they're also a college fraternity. They are also a rock band. And they are also, weirdly, except for plot... Spoiler alert, one of them, all orphans. This is so 80s. It is such a weird thing that... Is it 80s? 80s, yeah. Did it come out in the 80s? Yeah, no, literally. It's a weird thing that connects all of them together. Um, They wrote original songs for the movie that the rock band performs which are are amazing. I would recommend downloading the the, the soundtrack. The Biker Love Gang and, are the ninjas. It's funny here. All right, here talking. we go. Sorry about that. We had some technical difficulties, um, but we're back. We're back in recording. Mm-hmm. Uh, so where I was at was like the girl in the poster. Um, and oh, yeah. the, the guy on the left side of the poster, the guy on the left side of the poster is one of the villains, but she's his sister, but dating one of the members of the rock band. <laughs> no. uh, the this drama. is one of the wildest movies ever made. It was like one of those things where it's like it lived in obscurity for like decades. And then like a few years ago, someone discovered a print of it and then played it at the Alamo draft house. And it became like a cult classic ever since. Is it campy? It's so campy. It's like one of the best bad movies of all time. It's like up there with The Room, uh, Plan 9 from Outer Space. It is amazing. I've seen it twice in theaters with an audience. It's it's great. Okay, okay. I I should watch it. I love like very big horror campy movie of mine is Sleepaway Camp. Oh my god, Sleepaway Camp. Did you see the sequel? Yes, yes, I've seen it. Oh. <laughs> that one's so gampy, so too. Yeah. That's, I, I like Malignant, too. James Wan. Yeah. Because of how campy it is. Malignant, literally. like, I, I mentioned liking it, and people are like, why? I'm like, because it's campy. <laughs> yeah, it, it, he's doing it on purpose, and so yeah. people don't understand. Uh, Malignant, but, you know? Megan. Okay. But yeah, this I mean, one, I feel poster? like, was done earnestly, but it's... That's part of the magic and why I love it so much is because they they put their heart and soul into this movie. And is it like high art cinema? No, but... They thought they were winning an Oscar. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. That's funny. Okay. Adding it to one of my watches. Yeah, I think I you would find it on some of the... Um, is it on? I think it was on Tubi when I watched it the first time. So you could probably find it pretty easily on like streaming platforms. Yeah, and uh, sure if you kind of... if you're ever in the Santa Ana area, the Frida will sometimes play it, as well. Oh, I've never been to the Frida. I mean, I've heard of it. It's so I'm telling because I don't live over there anymore. I had heard about it when I was working over there. You know, Anaheim. I always see people, and I follow. I followed the Frida for a while because it was like I wanted to go watch Pearl when they were showing it there, but I didn't. Pearl is also amazing. Another, another great horror movie, Pearl. I don't want to say it, but I was like, it's too soon. Please, I'm like, a star! So good. She's so relatable. Uh, right? <laughs> Except for the murdering and stuff, but you know. <laughs> right. 
that okay. about concludes our episode for today. Um, did you have anything you wanted to plug? Any projects you're working on? No, I think so. I mean, I could just uh, post my socials if you guys want to follow me on Instagram. You know, I always post on there. I always post when I watch like a good movie or a show too. So every now and then, definitely not like you know, Chris. But well, but I mean, I post it every now and then. Like I'll watch a good show. Like uh, I love movies and TV. I'm telling you, I just love it. You did my favorite thing. Oh yeah. Oh go ahead. How do you, how do they find you on the socials? Oh, right, right. My social media is at Israel. So that's just I. I mean, for Instagram, you can follow me on Instagram. That's my main one. I-Z-E-R-I-A-L on Instagram, Israel. The, um, you cool. mentioned early, uh, earlier, because you, you brought up a book. What was that book called again? Oh, right. Um, yeah, if you guys want a great book recommendation. Um, oh, sci-fi horror. It's a really, I mean... I mean, it's being turned into a Netflix show. Like I said, it's called The Three-Body Problem. Three books. Really scary. It has to do with aliens and just, like, other worlds and just how small we are. It's it, it's, it's really good. Um, yeah. But I really recommend it. Great book. I read all three, like, in about a month. I just Great. received in the mail I off of Barnes & Noble... Um, by Adam Sass. There's a new sla- a queer slasher called uh, Your Lonely Here's Nights Are Over. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited to over. read it. His previous book, uh, Surrender Your Sons, was upsetting because that's also kind of a horror-ish story, but it takes place on an island conversion therapy camp. And it was like kind of triggering. There were moments I had to actually stop reading because I was like getting up so upset by it, but it was so good too. Oh. But yeah, I'm Wait, so what excited. Book was that? What book was that? The one that you just mentioned about the... The, the conversion therapy, therapy camp? Uh, Surrender Your Sons. Surrender Your Sons. You said that was the other book you wrote, right? Y- yeah. But you didn't like the ending with it? Oh, no, like no, no. The, the ending was good. It just, I had to stop reading for a while because I was actually so upset by it. it, it in a way, like not anything bad about the book it's just that well written that i actually had to stop reading because i was getting anxiety and i like to read books before bed to calm down my anxiety and that was not working (laughs) it was having the opposite effect uh but i'm really excited to read this one uh your lonely nights are over so two books two book recommendations Uh, a friend of the show uh shane anderson Uh, also has uh, a short that is playing the festival circuit and actually uh he is an Australian filmmaker, but it is making its rounds in L.A. film festivals. I can't quite remember which one is play- it's playing. It's one of the horror ones, uh, but it's called Sonos. Very excited to check that out once it's around here. So if you happen to be in one of those film festivals, be sure to check that one out as well. Cool. Thanks. Right. Thanks for coming on the show and the recommendations. No problem. I mean, I love talking about horror. I just I like talking about movies with people, so I enjoy it. Like. Watching movies with people and talking about them. Probably one of my favorites. I could ramble for hours just about, you know, movies, literally. Oh, same. Like, I've been excited about this episode. I'm glad to be bringing this back and, like, doing this again. And Alien is so good. It's, like, the perfect movie to be talking about. Uh, Yeah. Everybody go watch it this Halloween. If you haven't already seen it, rewatch it. Appreciate it. Either version. So good. Um the theatrical cut is the director's preferred version but the director's cut works too 
But for Ridley Scott's other movies, do check out the director's cuts of those. Blade Runner, Kingdom of Heaven. Like, if there's a director's cut for Ridley Scott, most times you want to go with that one. Blade Runner is a good one. Yeah. All right. It was good talking to you. All right. No problem. And for everyone at home, I hope you are not just entertained, but somehow reborn together.